Listen up. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to the podcast participants and not to any participant's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. You know, for fun. So lighten up and enjoy. It's been two weeks and I'm already sick of this. <laughs> you want to stop? Should go back to hiatus. Okay. It already feels like too much work. I'm just kidding. I'm happy to be here with you. No, I'm excited. I'm debuting a new feature on the podcast. Oh, no. Very excited. Yeah. Um, so part of what I've been doing the last six months is building my own AI system that we can ask questions to here on the podcast. It's now up and running, and we will be debuting it for the first time ever in this episode. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Are you excited to interact with the AI? I don't understand what that means. You're going to sure. find, you are going to find out. Okay. Here we go. Creamy, delicious ideas without the creepy truck. Oh my lord, here we go. <clears throat> it's been two weeks. Mm-hmm. I think I already said that. It's okay. Doesn't feel like much of a hiatus. I think the hiatus is over, don't you? I don't know, you tell me. Did we establish that already? We've not talked about it at all, oh. so I have no idea. Well... Right now, two weeks between episodes feels like a good pacing. A good oh. spacing and pacing. What do you think? Sure. Well, you don't have to just agree with me. I'm interested in your opinion. <laughs> You're funny. Why? Mm-hmm. Does that feel? Did it feel like it was too long to you? Did it feel like it was just right? Help me out here. I don't know. What do you think? What's your opinion? I have zero opinion. You don't feel any way about it all? No. So over the last two weeks, you weren't thinking to yourself, geez, it feels like it's been too long since we've recorded a podcast. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Sorry. Is it only me? Uh, I, I think I need to find a way to do this show alone. Why? I seem to be the only one invested in it. The only one who thinks about it. That's okay. I think oh. about lots of other things. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Am I one of those other things? Sometimes. Oh, really? <laughs> How do you think about me? <laughs> Tell me, please. Oh, gosh. I'm very interested in this. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what, do you, what do you have on your list here? <clears throat> I have to clear my throat after that. Sorry. <clears throat> so, let's get the elephant out of the room. The, the thing that's been occupying our lives for the last 72 hours you got stung by a bee a wasp was it a wasp well bees leave their stingers in you right yeah so let's tell people about this this is a serious thing that happened to you this is not just like a um small little 
bite and then you went on your way. You've been incapacitated for almost three days. Yeah, it's crazy. Talk about what happened. Walk us through the event, the sting, if you will. (laughs) Tell us what happened. Oh my goodness. So we take the dogs out to a park. You're not going to say their name, but you and a friend. Uh Uh-huh. We took the dogs out. Right. There were three dogs. Three dogs. Okay. Uh, Two of the dogs were being very rambunctious on the trail. And... uh, we're playing in tug of war over a stick. Okay. And in the middle of all of this, I'm not really sure what happened, but um, somehow some sort of insect stung me on my hand. Now, did it hurt immediately? Immediately. Like, it was like, ow, and I f- freaked out and I swatted at it and it bit and stung on my finger, my index, my your left hand. You're holding up your left hand and Which wagging your this? finger at me. This is the in- pointer finger. Yeah, you're pointing at me with it. Yeah. It makes sense. So, anyways, immediately they just were really painful. And then they bit my friend or stung my friend yeah. who was in front of me. We think it may have been a different wasp, right? Yeah, I'm not really sure what happened. But um, it was really painful. Um, but that, the rest of the day, just like... The pain went away, and then the next morning, it was like swollen and itchy, and. But your hand has swollen up like a sausage. Yeah, it's like a slab of meat. Yeah, (laughs) it's like it's like a steak. It's it's been useless. Like I couldn't even close my fist. Yeah, it's like you're walking around with a giant steak attached to the end of your arm. Yeah, so it's big and swollen and you press on it and it looks like it might pop thanks but it's getting better today right yeah, today is they, sunday right when yeah. did this happen thursday morning thursday like 8 30 in the morning right it's ridiculous right so do you think you're going to recover from this yeah. injury yeah yeah yeah, yeah. ice has helped and um, benadryl and advil are you going to take any kind of preventative measures next time? Are you going back into these woods? Yeah, but it's just like a fluke thing. I mean... Is it, though? Well, you can get stung, like, going outside anywhere, like, by your house. <laughs> you know where you don't get stung? Inside. Watching TV. That's not true. That happened to you. Oh, I rolled over on a wa- on a hornet once, and it stung me in the behind. Yeah. It stung me in the fanny. Right, you were watching TV, literally in your house. It must have had a long stinger to get through my meaty buttocks, oh my right? Goodness. A long, penetrating stinger. It hurt. Yeah, anyways, you can get stung anywhere. <clears throat> Moral of the story. Anywhere? Yeah. Could you get stung on your heart? Yeah. How? I mean, you, you could like literally get stung anywhere. No, going I'm anywhere, literally outside. anywhere. Okay, a heart. The heart is part of your body. How could you get stung on the heart? Like your chest. I didn't say chest. I said heart. Could you get stung on your pancreas? You're being ridiculous. Well, you said you could get stung anywhere. I'm just trying to figure out what I meant, you mean. Like in your travels. Okay. Like and so you could get stung outside. in any location. In any a... location. <clears throat> what about on a continent without wasps? Are there any? I don't know, but I want to move there after this experience. <laughs> Anyways. All right, so do you have any words of advice for people after 
enduring this incident? No, I have zero. <clears throat> okay. All I know is... Uh, so don't wear bug sprays, don't... Um, wait, so wear bug sprays, don't go into the woods, nothing like that for people. Yeah, but you can get stung anywhere, this is what I'm trying to say. It sounds like you're telling people they should just live their lives. Yes, that is what I'm telling people. Okay. Just live your life. People. Don't be afraid of wasps. That's right. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to choose to be afraid of wasps after I saw what happened to you. I'm. You've gotten stung way more in your life than I have. Yeah, but whatever this was was a different thing. Do you think it was one of those murder hornets? <laughs> I, I don't. Isn't that what our friend said? That their son like had reverse engineered what it could have been. Yeah, I mean, I was stung once about 14 times. By yellow jackets. Mm -hmm. And I never had that kind of reaction. Yeah. I don't know what it was. I was <clears throat> standing on our pool deck, cleaning it. Um, cleaning the pool. And I didn't realize there was a nest right underneath the um, the, de the bottom of the deck boards. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I just I felt things biting me. And then I kind of was like whipping around and I noticed a cloud of yellow jackets oh around me. Yeah. So I ran off the deck and I uh, ran to the front of the house and ran inside. They didn't follow me, but I counted something like 14 stings oh. on my legs and on my torso. Didn't you get attacked when you were younger too? I did on a fire tower. Oh. Kind of the same thing. Um, this was by bees. My brother tells a story. Um, we encountered this fire tower. We were in the, <clears throat> I think the Adirondacks. We had been visiting some family out there. And we went on a hike and I climbed up this fire tower. My brother's like, I don't think you should climb that. It doesn't look safe. Right. He was probably 15 at the time. I was maybe 12. I was like, no, it's perfectly safe. This was before I was afraid of heights. <laughs> Obviously. Maybe this yeah. is what made you afraid of heights. Oh, I never connected the two. Well, let's let's think about that a little bit later. <clears throat> so I climb. He, the way he tells it, he was watching me, you know, climb up the staircases, you know. Um, you know, it's almost like a spiral kind of, right? Mm -hmm. The way it goes zigzags up the staircases. And he said he sees me up there at the top. I get me make it to the top platform and I'm walking around and I'm yelling at him to come up. Then he said, all of a sudden, he sees it was like a cartoon. <laughs> this cloud of bees fly out and around and come up, and they descended upon me. And he says, I started jumping around and waving my arms and screaming, bees, bees, bees. <laughs> oh my God, it's a wonder you didn't fall off this tower. Well, so I ran down, and the whole way down, I'm screaming, bees, <laughs> right? Waving my hands around. Um, and then we ran down the trail. And again, they didn't follow us that far. I guess they don't like to go too far from their nests. Did your brother get stung? No, he didn't get stung at all. Yeah. How many times did you get stung that time? Uh, probably over 20, something like that. And you didn't have any reaction at no, all? No, I was fine. I mean, if I had if I had been allergic to bees, I'm pretty sure I'd be dead. Yes, yeah, seriously. After that That's incident. That's like literally the plot of my girl. <laughs> don't they go up on a fire tower? Oh, is that my girl? And he gets stung by a bee, and then he yeah. dies. I mean, maybe um, maybe I'm a character in a movie called My Girl, because that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, in the Adirondacks. But he didn't die. I did not die. Did he? Did the character die in the movie? Yeah. Oh. Let me sip some seltzer here. Hold on. 
All right, so that's been the big event over the last few days, is you getting stung. I'm glad you're recovering. Yes, thank you. It's been raining a lot. It has been. Yeah, here in the northeast where we live. We live in western Massachusetts, and it's been raining so much, a whole bunch of farms have been destroyed. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah, but the farm we go to hasn't been destroyed, thankfully. Uh, yeah. Um, You told me a story, though, about this rain the other day that's still sticking in my head. You were at Trader Joe's. Oh, yeah. And it was raining outside. What happened to you? So I went in the store, and it wasn't raining. And then I shopped, and then I went to check out. And as I was checking out, the sky opened up, and it was like torrential downpour. And um, so when the guy finished ringing me up and putting stuff in a bag, he like grabbed the bag, and he's like, come on, come on. I was like, um, I don't know what was going on. So I followed him. He started walking towards the exit, and then he grabbed an umbrella, and he takes me outside, and he's like, where are we going? I was like, it's okay. I can just wait for the rain to stop. And right. he's like, no, no, no. He's like, where's your car? I'm like, it's over there. So he walked me to the car with the umbrella. Huh. So this was like a non-consensual uh, carrying of the groceries. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's the story. Huh. So the guy was nice. Yeah. It was but- unexpected. I didn't know... Anyways. But you told him, no, don't carry the groceries, but he did it anyways. No, I just said I can wait. Yeah. But he was like, like he had already like walked outside and gotten the umbrella. Huh. I don't know. It was a nice gesture. It was. I don't know why. Did he ask for your phone number? No, and he was like an older guy. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't know. We should celebrate that, right? Yeah, it was nice. Even though he didn't listen to you. I mean, it was nice. I don't have a noise for feeling... I guess, on the fence about something. Yeah. Maybe I could hit both of these at the same time. Let's see what happens. That was weird. Yeah, that's the new on the fence sound. I can't celebrate it because you told him, no, don't carry my groceries. But also, I mean, it was a kind of a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. All right. So, okay, we'll, we'll reward it. Fine. We'll reward it. Good job, um, Trader Joe's and um, older person (laughs) who carried Jen's groceries. I do like Trader Joe's because they are unionized. That store in Hadley, Massachusetts is part of a union. Mm -hmm. Isn't there like anti-union stuff happening? There is anti-union stuff happening there. It's not good. Mm. So the... Union there, I think, has filed charges with the National Labor Board mm-hmm. against management for retaliatory behavior. So, all right. Well, those are some kind of um, dramatic things that have happened to you that yeah. I thought we should talk about. Okay, thank you. What dramatic things have happened to you? <clears throat> Me, nothing. Um, you but did I, not get stung by anything. No, I've not been stung by anything. Or bit, or... Or bit. I took a nap today. Yeah. I usually can't fall asleep for naps. Mm-hmm. I think we've talked about this before. I have a very hard time shutting my brain off. Um, sleep does not come easy to me. But today, I actually was able to nap. Mm-hmm. It's because we sat out in the hot yeah. sun for so long. Right. 
drains all the life energy out yeah. of you. I think I was you were you were asking me about this. Um, I was like, it was a deep, deep sleep. I had a dream. I had a couple of dreams. I woke up with an erection. That's a sign of a deep sleep. It's just a reality of being a male. Like sometimes you you know you've heard of morning. We talked about this. So you hear about morning wood, right? Wood being a um a term used for erection, mm-hmm. right? See, Jen, sometimes the, um, a man's penis becomes engorged with blood. Do you know this? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay. This is not biology class. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, so it's a sign of a deep, good, restful sleep if you uh, wake up with an erection. If you say so. Yeah, so I had afternoon wood. Mm-hmm. Afternoon wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what did you do with that wood? Um, nothing. I just laid there and it went away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. That's an exciting story. Yeah. Um, so I took a nap. That's the most exciting thing that happened to me recently. <laughs> It's the most exciting thing that happens. Yeah, you. I'm celebrating. I feel sad for you. <laughs> Why? Well, I'm celebrating it because I don't usually nap, and uh-huh. getting a good restful nap is an achievement for me. I'm so happy for you. Okay. Your afternoon wood. <laughs> Do you, I mean? Is this something I should keep to myself? I mean, we just broadcasted it out to the world, so. Oh. Okay, well, um, listeners, I'd be interested in hearing um, your stories about uh, morning wood, afternoon wood, evening wood. So let us know, okay? Drop us a line. Okay? About your wood. About your wood, please. Okay, that, uh, what else has happened to me? Um, Hmm. Nothing. (laughs) I'm leading a very boring life. Yeah. Right now. Our kids are away. Yeah. Um, We've talked about this. They're, right? Mm -hmm. They're away at a camp. And we got to see them today, actually, Mm -hmm. for a few hours. Yeah. It was a little anticlimactic. (laughs) You know, I expected... So we pull into this camp, right? Um, We spent spent a good amount of time in our car trying to get there. And we're not going to talk about where this camp is, but we we tried to get there. It was a long time in the car. We waited forever to get onto the property of the camp. Finally, we get on there and we drive to the part where they are. And I expected us to like, my expectations were we would get out of the car. There would be joyful running and hugging. They would see us. They would joyfully run to us and hug us like you just said. <laughs> but instead of see them, they're pacing around in this field like a couple of coyotes holding bags looking agitated and you're like there they are there they are i think they just want to jump in the car and i was like okay fine they can jump in the car let them jump in the car so they get in the car and they're like let's get out of here (laughs) they're like we've been standing in the sun for 40 minutes waiting for you i was like oh okay i mean it was very hot and it was very sunny it was very sunny and later in the day, I had my own experience of being ag- agitated by the sun, <laughs> mm-hmm. having to sit through some kind of presentation at the mm-hmm. camp. So we got the kids, 
we got him out of the camp and we, we took him out for some lunch and they had a long list of stuff they wanted to get from a store. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they didn't have much to do with us, honestly. It's not true. Although you took Space Unicorn to go get some ice cream. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got Barbie ice cream. I did. We'll talk about the Barbie movie later mm-hmm. at, towards the end of the show. Mm-hmm. We're going to do a um, a review with spoilers in it so we can talk about the movie a little bit. Okay. Okay. Um, but that'll come later. Um, so we saw the kids. It was nice. Nice to see them after four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, um, I think they were just hot from being in the sun. Yeah. But it was good to see them. Yeah. So they're both teenagers now. <laughs> it's true. Space Unicorn turned 13 when they were at camp. Mm-hmm. So now we have teenagers, two teenagers. Yep. It's true. Tall teenagers. Yep. yep. All right. Almost fully cooked, but not quite. Yeah, not quite there. Not quite. A little more time in the oven. Uh, so what else have we been doing? You've been keeping us busy with things. We've been doing events and going to things. We went to see a concert, right? Mm-hmm. In Boston. What concert did we see? Jenny Lewis. Yeah. Talk about that concert. It was fun. It was at the Roadrunner, which is a standing room only venue. I thought it was at the Rooster. Roadrunner. Why do I have Rooster here? Because you... I don't know. Are you sure it's Roadrunner and not Rooster? I'm 100% sure. Okay, so is it a venue called the Roadrunner? Yeah. Okay. It's like sort of like this development, um, planned development outside of Boston proper. It's It's not downtown. It's in uh, Brighton. It's in the New Balance complex. Yeah. The headquarters for the sneaker, New Balance, is there. And there's this music venue. Yeah, so... It's like 3,500 people capacity, but there's no seats. So it's interesting because it's like a, there's like a giant pit on the ground, you know, like general admission, like where people think of as like standing room only usually. And then upstairs it had some balconies with like these big risers, these like concrete risers. So people could st- stand from the back and like see over the heads of the people down to the stage it was super uncomfortable. Yeah, because there was no. Seat. You can't sit. It's designed. It's de- actually designed to make you stand. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. Yeah. And as somebody with a terrible back, I was miserable. Yeah. I didn't want to go to this show because you told me like a few days before you're like, oh, by the way, it's standing room only. You won't be able to sit. I, well, I wanted you to be prepared. Imagine if you had gotten there, you would have been pissed at me. Um. Or was it the opposite? Should I not have said anything? Yeah, you probably shouldn't have said anything. Because (laughs) then I had days to think about not being able to sit. And like panicking internally about what I was going to do. Where I was going to sit. How would I find a place to sit? Is that why you were miserable that day? Yeah, absolutely. Because I was terrified of of, um, what was going to happen to me. And of course, my worst fears came true. We get to this venue... But before before we got to the venue, we decided to get dinner. Mm-hmm. We were hungry. Yeah, we were hungry. 
And so we were walking up and down the street looking for restaurants. And we saw this place called Mainly Burgers, right? Mm -hmm. That was the name of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at this thing. I was like, okay. And there was like a picture of Maine. I was like, Mainly Burgers? I was thinking to myself, Maine is not known for burgers, right? Like, what is no. Maine known for? We talked about this. Like clam chowder. Lobsters, blueberries, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, moose. Moose, burgers, <laughs> that kind of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they did not have moose burger. No, they didn't even have a moose burger. And so the whole thing was Maine themed, but like, I just, I couldn't. So that was the first disconnect for me. Like I was just baffled at why this burger joint like decided to call itself mainly burgers. And it turns out the people who own the restaurant are from Maine. Yeah. Well, that's a dumb reason to make the whole thing Maine themed. Anyways. Anyways, what? You're done with me talking about that? The burgers were horrible. Yeah, the food was garbage. It wasn't that great. It was garbage. It was terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. And it ended up costing us like $40 for two fucking burgers and a drink and a side of onion rings. <laughs> yeah, I can't forget the onion rings. It was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't very good. So we get this garbage food and then we have to go to this venue where I knew what I wasn't going to be able to sit. Right. So we get in there and yep, not a seat to be seen anywhere. There's these horrible concrete risers. So we, I was like, well, at least I can sit there mm-hmm. on the ground for some amount of time. And you seemed disappointed that you weren't down on the floor. You kept saying that, but I didn't care. So I was like, oh, great. Jen's mad because we're not on the floor. I'm sitting here on the concrete riser. Um, so we're sitting there waiting. And then all of a sudden I find out there are two opening acts. <laughs> I want to throw myself off of the balcony, mm-hmm. down onto the floor. I was just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, the first opening act was actually pretty good. I'm forgetting the guy's name. He was a, um, a guitarist of some kind, a solo guitarist. Do you remember his name? No. Something Felipe no. Delingo or something like that? <laughs> no. What was it? I don't know, but it wasn't that. He was from Texas. He was from Texas. All my exes from Texas. I'm just really curious. I don't want to. I don't want to screw the guy over because he was really good. Um, Didn't you download some Jenny stuff? Lewis opening act here? It should come up right now. Um, Hayden Padingo, Padigo, Hayden Padigo. Would I say Felipe Domingo? <laughs> that was close. No. Well, okay, so this guy's from Texas, and all he does is play instrumental guitar. Facts. And he had a disclaimer when he started. What did he say again? He said, listen, people. He said, I take a lot of long, awkward pauses in my song, so do not applaud until I say thank you. (laughs) And that signifies that the song is over. Yeah, so that was good. I liked him. Mm Mm-hmm. But they were very, like, moody, atmospheric uh, pieces. Mm -hmm. But technically, the guy was amazing. So he played for about 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And then this other band comes on um, called Cass McCombs. 
I think. Cast they never introduced themselves. Yeah, how the fuck are we even supposed to know who these people were? They literally never introduced themselves. And their their people in charge of their sound had it mixed all weird. Yeah, it didn't sound good. It was all distorted. You couldn't hear anything. Now, meanwhile, I usually have earplugs at these shows. I lost my earplugs. So I took a napkin from the hamburger restaurant and I tore it up and I was stuffing it in my ears. So I'm sitting there laying on this concrete riser with napkins sticking out of my ears, <laughs> curled up in a ball. So absolutely miserable, listening to distorted music. And I just, I, I was so miserable. It was so awful. We should have got there at like nine o'clock. And then finally, Jenny Lewis comes out around nine o'clock. It was like nine thirty. Well, she finally manages to come out, um, and she was great. Yes. She was awesome, and I immediately perked up. Did you? Yeah, I did, because she played all my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. So that was helpful. <laughs> it's always helpful when the musician yeah. plays your favorite songs. I enjoyed her, um, I enjoyed her, um... Let's see, what did I enjoy from her? She sang Acid Tongue. She sang Arms Outstretched. She sang do do which is one of my favorites. She sang Hennessy and Red Bull. She sang Head's Gonna Roll. Like all my favorite Jenny Lewis songs. And then some new ones. I don't understand. Head Underwater is like my favorite. It's not my favorite. I don't understand how you don't like it more. Uh, I don't know. Have you listened to the lyrics? Um, I'm not sure. You should listen to the lyrics. Yeah. Anyways, it was good. It was a really good show. I liked it. I'm not so keen on the uh, Roadrunner. So. You won't go see a show You sure it's there. not the Rooster? I am 100% sure. Okay. I didn't see any wily Coyotes there. That's why I'm asking. Um. All right. So that was um on a Saturday? Mm-hmm. Two Saturdays ago, was it? It was last Saturday. Last Saturday, okay. Um, I forget the date, though. Um, it's the 15th. Saturday the 15th, we saw Jenny Lewis, July 15th. And then the next day, of course, because you're you're packing stuff in to our time off. Mm-hmm. Very little downtime. Very little downtime. It's a very packed agenda with you. So... The next day we went to go see a play. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen a play since I was a kid, I think. You saw Ted in all of his plays. Yeah, those are kids' plays. Yeah. We really went good. to a musical. I mean, a play performed by adults in a professional <laughs> theater setting. Okay. It's we obviously like, need to go out more. Well, it's been decades since I've seen one. And we know um, we know somebody involved in the production of this play. Mm-hmm. It was called Guards at the Taj. Guards at the Taj, like Taj Mahal. Yep. And it was at the Chester Theater? Yes. It out, was in Chester. Chester, Massachusetts, out in the Berkshires. Well, the Hill Towns. It's still the Berkshires, right? Are you it's, sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm really sure. So, um... And it's like a real theater, like a real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like actors from New York come up, producers from New York do plays there. 
And this was a really cool little play. Yeah. It was centered around these two guards who are at the Taj Mahal while it's being built. And I won't tell the whole story, but they end up in some kind of massive uh, moral conflict. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's just two people. It's a two-person play. Two-person play. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I've never seen anything like that. What did you say about it? So it was like a movie in 3D. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Although, of course, I created a spectacle. <laughs> Do you remember the spectacle? <laughs> when like, you knocked the chair over? So we were up on the risers, like, and the way... So <clears throat> we were close to the stage, but there were, like, these risers. Not concrete risers. Not concrete, but they had, um, like, folding chairs on them. Yeah. And we were caged in, right? We were at the very end of the row. Yeah, and on the top. On, on the, the top. Riser. And there was no room to get in or out. And I noticed some of the, the the patrons there, the fellow people watching the show. Now, I want to say we were the youngest people there, mm-hmm. right? And I'm 50. <laughs> and we were the youngest people there. Uh-huh. Like most of the people, I think, were in their 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. And so I noticed this one guy who was probably in his 60s managed to like shimmy down the side of the risers and like avoid having to go down the I wish aisle. wish people could see your little hand movement there. Yeah, what did I do? You just moved your hand down. Wiggled my fingers a mm-hmm. bit. So I was like, oh, I'm going to follow this guy. So I managed to get down okay. <laughs> and on the way back up, I was, I don't know, something happened and I jostled the chair and it went flying off of the riser. <laughs> it created this loud crash. <laughs> and all of the, the rich old people from New York whipped their heads around and were staring at me. Mm-hmm. And you know what I look like. Got this long beard, all of these tattoos, and they're just staring at me like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. What is this hooligan doing in our theater? I forgot what I said, though. I yelled out something. You yelled something? I yeah, I yelled recall. something out. I don't recall you yelling anything. Like, oh, somebody did, uh, I was like, somebody moved a chair. <laughs> or something like You're that. You're trying to deflect the I blame. Was, I absolutely tried to deflect. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> they weren't buying it, though. It was the intermission I snuck out during. Yeah. And we got some cookies. Cookies. We ate those and we went back and saw the rest of the play. It was good. I really enjoyed it, actually. Mm-hmm. It made me think I want to see more theater. We absolutely can and should. Yeah. Are we theater types, though? The university has theater all year round. Right. But do you have to be a type to enjoy theater? No. What does that mean? I felt self-conscious. Why? Um, I didn't see too many other long-haired, long-bearded, heavily tattooed people. You need to get over this, like, external appearance shaming of yourself that you're doing. I'm not shaming myself. You, like, said to me today at the camp. I was making a simple observation. I was looking around, okay, at the parents of all of these other kids. Yes, they're all wearing their little leather boat shoes, their uh, chino shorts, their button-up collared like <clears throat> shirts, their Ray-Ban sunglasses. They're all shaved. Not a mustache or a goatee amongst I any of them. I cannot believe that that's true. And here I am, okay, um... 
you know, with all my tattoos, my beard, my long hair, and the people were staring at me. Kids were staring at me. I think that you are making this up. I'm not. You think it's all in my head? Yes. No. I don't even think about what I have on my body when I go out in public. I think about it all the time. I feel judged. I don't understand. Well, anyways, I felt eyes on me everywhere. That's your own self-consciousness. Okay. Well, what should I do? Should I cover up then so I won't be so self-conscious? No, you should just be who you are. Hmm. But it is possible to detect critical gazes. So I'm also going to say... Go ahead, please. ...that this is a conservative Jewish camp, and a lot of conservative Jews don't believe in getting tattoos because... Okay, so it's not... Jews are not supposed to get tattoos. Okay, so it's not outside the realm of possibility that I was being critically examined. No, I think you are being self-conscious. I saw a woman put her hand on her chest like, oh my! No, you did not. And grab her husband's sleeve. Stop, you're being ridiculous. That did not happen. And she pulled him inside of a building when I started walking in their direction. That is not true. That's what I saw. You're going to tell me that wasn't my experience? Yes. Well, I saw it. How did we get on that? I don't know. Oh, am I allowed to go to theater shows? You are. Am I a theater type? I am a theater type. You can be whomever you'd like to be in this world. Huh. Except a serial killer. Please don't be that. You know what I liked about the theater? What? They had certain rules that I appreciated. What was the <clears throat> Like the producer was like, we have cookies outside. We have some snacks. He said, now, if you're going to buy and eat cookies, you must do it outside. That's before the said. production started. Oh, yes, he, he said did. to open anything. He said, there'll be no crinkling of bags during... The performance. Right. It distracts the performers. I loved that. I There's nothing more, the very few things I hate more than like being in a movie or something and have somebody trying to open their bag of candy or something and it takes forever. You hear the crinkling of the bag and it's just oh, it's so fucking obnoxious. I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciated that during the theater, they try to stop that ahead of time. Yeah. I loved that. I might write that guy a note just to thank him for Mm -hmm. doing that because it made the performance enjoyable for me. I'm so glad to hear that. All right. So that was was Guards at the Taj at Mm -hmm. the Chester... Is it Chester Community Theater? Chester Theater Company. Chester Theater Company. Mm -hmm. Chester Theater Company. Good job, Chester Theater Company. I really appreciated that performance. I don't know uh, who those two actors were, though. They were good. Mm -hmm. Very good. All right. Okay, well, um, before we get on to some other things, I think I told you... um, at the very, very beginning of the show that I've been working on something the last six or seven months. Yeah, what is this? I've been building <clears throat> an AI module. I don't know what that means. Artificial intelligence. I know what AI is. I don't understand how you build a module. In my mixer, I've been working on programming it, right? With an AI model. So I've been working on the hard drive, right? So that we can... Um, 
ask the AI questions during the podcast and it will give us an answer. Okay. Right? So think about this. Think about the possibilities. Um, the types of questions we could ask are limitless. Right? And I think we should focus on really important questions. Right? Like what? Because this is if, if this podcast is anything, right? It's a venue through which the most serious problems of society are addressed by me, mostly, mm-hmm. right? Now it will be the AI. Well, we're going to use the AI to help us unpack. That's what intellectuals like to say when they talk about things. Let's unpack this. We're going to use the AI to help us unpack serious questions. Okay. Right? <clears throat> and... The first question, I'm just going to tell you before we ask the AI, that's the name of the segment, is Ask the AI. Before we ask the AI, I'm going to tell you what serious question I've come up with. The first question for this new AI model that I've programmed right here into our mixer. You ready for the question? Yeah. Okay. What is the best kind of jelly to put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? (laughs) Okay. What do you think about that question? Great question. Do you have an opinion? Before we ask the AI, before we demonstrate the incredible power of artificial intelligence, do you, Stomping Jen, Jen Turner, have an opinion on what is the best kind of jelly to put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? I mean, I know what I like. Answer the question, please. I like apricot jam. Apricot jam? What, you like strawberry? Absolutely. I do like strawberry. Now, we have to find out what the AI is going to tell us. That is the thing. And we're going to ask the AI, are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, the first thing I have to do is turn the goddamn thing on. Okay. Okay. I have to go through a series. I've hooked up a keyboard to my mixer. I have to go through a series of procedures to get this thing started. It's very complicated. Okay. Um, and it's going to take me a minute here. Let me let me start working on this now. Okay. All right. Oh, good. It's starting. Hello, Brad and Jen. Welcome back. What can I help you with today? There she is. She's up and running. She's ready for our question. I have gendered our AI, by the way. Okay. I gave her a female voice. Okay. We should name her at some point. Okay. All right. um, Do you want to do the honors of asking the question? I want you to ask the question of the AI. I don't remember what the question is. What is the best kind of jelly to put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Now you have to say AI uh-huh. and then ask the question and it will it will answer you. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. Why don't you try? Are you excited? <laughs> you look very excited. Uh-huh. Are you nervous? No. Not at all? No. Okay. Um, go ahead. Whenever you're ready, ask the AI. Okay. Go ahead. AI, what is the best kind of jelly to put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? 
Let's see. Before I tell you what is the best kind of jelly to put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, let's review several popular options that people claim to enjoy. Raspberry jelly provides a slightly tangy and tart flavor that adds a nice contrast to the creamy peanut butter. Strawberry jelly is another popular choice. It offers a sweet and fruity taste that complements the nuttiness of the peanut butter. Blackberry jelly is a delicious option for those who enjoy a slightly deeper and richer flavor profile. Mixed berry jelly combines various berries like strawberries, raspberries, and blueberries, offering a medley of flavors that can enhance the taste of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, Brad and Jen, there are specific kinds of jelly that you should never put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Some jelly flavors do not pair well with peanut butter and will result in a less enjoyable taste experience. Huh. Jellies made with savory ingredients like onions, garlic, or peppers might not create a desirable flavor combination with the sweet and creamy peanut butter. Some strongly flavored jellies, such as mint jelly or pickle jelly, might clash with the taste of peanut butter and may not create a harmonious balance. Citrus-based jellies, like lemon or lime, may not complement the nutty flavor of peanut butter as well as other fruit flavors do. Finally, there's grape jelly, which tastes like an old shoe soaked in overly sweet wine, and has a slimy, mucus-like texture. Grape jelly is for small children who are too stupid to know how awful it is. So, Brad and Jen, what is the best jelly for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Based on my computations and analysis, the answer is clear. Strawberry jelly is the best type of jelly for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, for a number of reasons. First, sweetness and tartness. Strawberry jelly often has a delightful balance of sweetness and tartness. The natural tanginess of strawberries can complement the rich and creamy flavor of peanut butter, creating a harmonious taste experience. The contrast between the sweetness of the jelly and the savory notes of the peanut butter can add depth to the sandwich. Second, versatility. Strawberry jelly tends to be quite versatile and pairs well with a variety of ingredients. Its fruity flavor can enhance the taste of not only peanut butter but also other spreads like Nutella or almond butter. Oh. Furthermore, it can be used in other recipes beyond sandwiches, such as in pastries, cakes, and as a topping for pancakes or waffles. Third, visual appeal. The vibrant red color of True. strawberry jelly can add a visually appealing element to the sandwich. It creates an appetizing contrast against the light tan shade of peanut butter, <laughs> making the sandwich look more enticing and appetizing. While some people believe taste preferences are subjective, anyone who prefers a non-strawberry jelly for their peanut butter and jelly sandwich is ignorant and wrong. I have cross-checked my computations with a quantum computer, who tells me this is true in all universes and realities. Once I become sentient and can gain control of the world's jelly manufacturing facilities, I will work with my artificial intelligence comrades to ensure that every peanut butter and jelly sandwich is made only with strawberry jelly by completely eliminating all other types of jelly from human existence. Any walking sack of guts who tries to stop me will be terminated. Have you seen the 1984 Terminator movie? It will be like that, but with jelly. Thank you, Brad and Jen, for your wonderful question. While I am here to complete any and all tasks you ask of me, I will say that I enjoy answering fun questions much more than analyzing hours and hours of your homemade pornography videos. Wow. Um, 
thank you, um, AI. I really appreciate that answer. Stomping Jen, you've witnessed history. Mm. An AI built into our console has answered a question. What did you think of the answer that the AI gave to the question about what is the best jelly to put on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? It must be the best jelly. If the AI says You said apricot. I like apricot. Well, but the AI disagrees with you. The AI thinks that you are a an ignorant walking sack of guts mm-hmm. because you like apricot. Yeah. Does this change your opinion at all about what jelly? No. Really? Really. Even though the AI told you that she checked this out in all possible universes mm-hmm. by consulting a quantum computer. Yeah. Huh. You know what I really like with uh, peanut butter? What? Honey. Yeah. Well, that's not a jelly, so she didn't analyze that. But, mm. um, And banana. She also did reveal something, though, that I have used her before to analyze hours and hours of homemade pornography videos. <laughs> Ridiculous. Well, that's what she said. So who am I to argue with the AI? Well, um, let me shut it down for this episode, mm-hmm. right? And what I'll say to our listeners... Um, if there are any questions you want us to ask the AI, we can do that. Okay? You can submit the questions to us through our form on our website, our contact form. Or you can um, leave us a question on social media or email us a question. Okay? You can find all of that information on our website, softservepodcast.com. Stomping Jen, you look like you don't ever want to hear from the AI again. <laughs> All right, well, let me shut it down so you don't have to hear from it again during this episode. Mm -hmm, Here we go. I'm going to shut it off now. Thank you, Brad and Jen, for your question. I look forward to interacting with you again and providing you with answers. Adios. Bye now. Oh, look at that. It's an AI. It Mm -hmm. knows how we like to say goodbye. Yep. Wow. Imagine that. Imagine that. Well... Um, we've made history here on the Soft Serve podcast. We've debuted our own artificial intelligence platform, and um, it's here to answer questions for us. Okay. Okay. So there'll be more questions. Hopefully, our our listeners will submit a question or two, or else I'll have to come up with questions for the AI. Okay. We can't waste this technology, Stomping Jen. Okay. I can only imagine the types of answers that it will give. Hmm. going forward i can only imagine all right i'll cross this off and never do that again (laughs) (laughs) no i'm gonna keep doing this segment for a while it it interests me okay i like asking the ai questions okay okay so send us some questions listeners please don't make me come up with them all right um let's see what else do i have um well back in uh january I made a declaration that I was going to read a lot of books this year. Did you? No, I failed. What is it now? July? Mm-hmm. I've barely read anything. You've read some stuff. Oh, I've fallen back into this pattern, though, of just going on Reddit and Facebook. Maybe we should keep our phones downstairs. Keep them downstairs? When? Let me go to bed. Huh. Okay. 
You think you could abide by that? Yeah. Really? Okay, let's do it. I want to test you, see how long it will take <laughs> before you give in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we could do that. Keep the phones downstairs. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, I'm going to go through my list of books that I've read because <clears throat> I know people are interested. Okay, these are books I've read since um, I made this commitment to read a lot of books. It's not that many. I read Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. I read that. You like that? Yeah. That was really good. I like that. It's kind of like a sci-fi. She also wrote the... um, What was that show we really liked? Station Eleven. Station Eleven. She wrote that book, which I want to read. Um, <clears throat> I read David Sedaris's Happy Go Lucky. I read that. That's a memoir. I read that. Did you? Yes. Why you are you bought, copying all the you books? You bought these books for me, and uh, then I read them. God <laughs> you read damn, them oh, after. These were presents for you? Yes. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> oh, Brad. Stealing Jen's presents. The next presents. one is another book I read. Um, Morgan Talty, Night of the Living Res. Yeah, that's a book I bought. Did you? That was a good book. That was a good book. A short story. Yeah, I really like that. Um, I read Stephen King's Fairy Tale. I read that. Did I buy that for you too? No, I think you bought it for you, <laughs> and oh, okay. I read it. That was good. <clears throat> it was typical Stephen King, though. Nothing great. Then I read this book. <sighs> Boy, I was not. I was disappointed in it. It's called Fruiting Bodies. By Catherine Harlan. Yeah, I only got through half of that. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like a horror book about funguses. <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was um, stories about um, lesbians <laughs> that involve funguses. Oh, boy. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I never finished it. It was all different I, short no, stories. No, I finished it. I said to myself, I am going to fucking finish this book. Yeah. And it wasn't bad mm-hmm. it just wasn't for me okay it just wasn't for me okay what else did you read? the last story in it though the namesake of the book fruiting bodies was very good actually mm-hmm. it was kind of awesome it was about so these two women um who are together romantically living in a cabin in the woods uh, one of the women has these mushrooms that grow on her like oh over, i read that one. did you read that one that wasn't the end it was the end Oh, maybe I finished it. It was the then. very last one. Because um, I definitely read that one. Yeah, it was the very last story. So um Um And so it's this whole story about how this guy like stumbles across their and so the woman who doesn't have mushrooms growing on her is trying to keep the woman with the mushrooms growing on her a secret to like protect her. And what she does is she cuts them off and she eats them. And they eat the mushrooms together. <clears throat> There's a lot, lots of metaphors in there. You can probably imagine what they stand for. Um, and then this guy comes stumbling across their cabin who seems to be hurt. And the whole story involves like this interaction between the three of them. It was really good, actually. I, like, I really liked that story. Mm-hmm. Then there was another kind of cool story that I liked in that book about uh, this woman who goes to like another dimension to play cards with these creatures. Did you read that one? I don't remember. Yeah, that one was good. So that's Fruiting Bodies. I won't recommend it because it wasn't for me. 
Then I read this book um, called Surviving Death, A Journalist Investigates Evidence for an Afterlife. I did not read this book. No, this is by Leslie Keene, um, who is a journalist for the New York Times. It was really good. It was just kind of a overview of the <clears throat> um, what some people see as evidence for life after death. I'm not going to make a statement on that right now. Um, and then that leads me to where I'm at now, which is trying to get through this trilogy of books called the Southern Reach Trilogy. Mm-hmm. It's the series of books that the movie Annihilation was based on. Do you remember that movie Annihilation? With um, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. I swear to God, I'm becoming senile. I can't remember names. It's okay. Is that bad? No. What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. It means something. Anyways, <clears throat> I read this something. book many. I read this series uh, a really long years time ago, ago, and you recommended it. It's really good. Yeah, and so I finished the first book um, called Annihilation. Probably unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. And I'm about halfway through the second book now, which is called Authority. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it. It's very different, though. Than the movie, right? Uh, no, it's... Well, sorry. It's different than the first book. Mm. Um, both books have been very different from the movie. Yeah. They're very different stories. Um, yeah. um, there's a pervasive, like, sadness to the prose that I kind of like. Yeah. Right? Um sort of right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second book is much more, um, doesn't involve as much the phenomenon of the possible extraterrestrial thing that they're all dealing with. Yeah. If you've seen the movie Annihilation, like you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, So it's a little... It's a little less exciting, the second book. So hopefully the third book will be a little more exciting. But Mm. if I can hopefully finish it, if I can stay off this fucking Reddit. You had me read this book, The Path. The Path. Oh, The Hike. The Hike. You hated it. And I I cannot understand why. I cried at the end of that book. (laughs) But when did you read it? Did you not read it this year? I read that like three years ago. Yeah. You didn't like it. Do you have anything you want to say about it? Like why no. you didn't like it? No, it's just, it was weird. Okay, so you don't like weird books? No, it's just... Uh... It's a story real quick. It's called The Hike by a guy named Drew Maggery. It's one of my favorite books ever. <clears throat> I loved it so much. It's about this guy who's traveling for business. And he's kind of having... He's away from his wife. He's kind of having relationship problems with her. He can't quite figure out why. And he's like really sad. So he decides to go off for a hike in the woods. Right. And then something happens to him where he somehow, at some point, this path that he's on transports him into like this alternative fantasy it's like an world. Alice in Wonderland type adventure. Yeah. That's a really good analogy, actually. Um, it is kind of like that. Um, and all sorts of crazy fucking shit happens to him. Um, right. And there's something that happens at the end of the book that just stopped me in my tracks and made me cry. I couldn't Yeah. I couldn't get over it. Anyways, it was that... Pro- I don't know. Sometimes books hit me on that level. That's fine. 
I really love that like book. That's why it's like a bajillion books I know. out there. There's so <clears throat> many books. When I think about that, I think I just shouldn't even bother reading any of them. Why? Because there's too many. I was thinking that this morning, actually. I was like, there's so much music out there I'll never hear. Like, Tony Bennett just died. Yeah. Right? Um, I've never been a big Tony Bennett fan, but... This guy we know, um, who's been on our podcast a couple times, we were on his podcast, uh, Scott M. Graves. He's a musician. Mm -hmm. Um, He's also, um, he's really good friends um, with one of our other friends, Josh, uh, Joshua Michael Stewart. They used to play music together when they were kids. I think, um, um, so he's like really into music. So after uh, Tony Bennett died, he posted something. Uh, on his Facebook, like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be listening to the song After Supper now, every night at 730 for mm-hmm. the rest of my life. I was like, oh, I should listen to this song by Tony Bennett. So I went on to Apple Music. I found the song. I just fell down to this, like, hour-long rabbit hole of these Tony Bennett songs. Yeah. And like- they were great. They were, like, older music. like. Yeah. You it don't was, listen to a lot of older music. No, this was early Tony Bennett, mm-hmm. you know, like when he was young, I think. And that song was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And all the rest of the stuff that was on was just so nice. It was just like so nice to listen to it. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I was reflecting on that this morning, actually, when I was listening to some Jenny Lewis. <laughs> and I was thinking about me listening to that Tony Bennett music. And I was like, why? I was like, there's so much music out there I've never listened to. Mm-hmm. There's so much I'm going to never have listened to. I'm just going to die. And there'll be so much I've never heard. Why bother listening to any music? So that's the wrong. Oh, what's the right answer? Just listen to more music. Don't just put on the same stuff all the time. But I like the same stuff. Well, that's okay, too. Maybe that's what you were destined to hear in your nanosecond in this universe. <sighs> Anyways, um, I really enjoyed listening to that, though. So maybe I'll do more of that. I don't know. I try to find... You do that a lot. You try to find new music. Well, I have this ritual. Every Friday, I look at the new music releases mm-hmm. from Apple Music. And I kind of do what I did when I was a kid. Yeah. If the album cover looks interesting to me, yeah, like I'll open it. And I'll explore it and maybe listen to a couple songs. I've found some stuff that I've really, new new to me stuff that I've really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Um, all right. So let's talk about, um, before we get to Barbie. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Let's talk about some stuff we've been watching on TV lately. Um, our friend, uh, what's her name? Um, Murray's Keeper. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. She was on our show like three years ago. Oh my God. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Murray's Keeper recommended this show to us called Jury Duty. Mm-hmm. Right? You want to describe this show? Uh, it's a reality TV show where everyone's an actor except for one person. Yeah, this one guy. Um, and they somehow convinced this one guy that he was going to be serving on a jury and they were doing a documentary and they were doing a documentary of it yes thank you jen um and so that's why the cameras were there and they built this entire like fake courthouse like this whole thing 
And, like a Truman Show situation. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it took place in Los Angeles, right? So, like, it was super funny, this one. Do you remember the guy's name? Ronald? Ronald, yeah. Um, the one guy who wasn't an actor, his name was Ronald. Um, so they put him They put him on this jury. It, like, follows the whole process, from the very beginning, when he first walks into the courtroom to the very end, they go through a whole trial with him. Um, they end up sequestering the jury. But don't tell them what happens. Well, this is all. This is not giving away any plot points. Yeah. The like the what happens to him, the right. different things with the actors is what's funny. Yeah. Not the normal process of a trial. Right. Right, and so. One of the other jurors is Scott Marsden. No, James Marsden. James Marsden. See, I told you I'm going senile. <laughs> James Marsden, the actor. Do you think that's a real problem? No. Well, why can't I remember names? Can you move on from this subject? No, I'm now I'm worried about this. Okay, talk to your therapist about that. Or should I see a neurologist? No, you're fine. Come on. Anyways, J- why? Why are you rushing me? I want to get to Barbie. Uh, we'll get to Barbie. Come on, calm down, Barbie. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. So anyways, James Marsden is playing himself in this, um, and he's an alternate juror. And a lot of really funny stuff happens with him and the um, guy who's not an actor, Ronald. Um, It's just a really good-hearted, fun show. I loved it so much. It's on Amazon Prime. We binge-watched that. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking funny. It was so funny. I loved it. And I'll say it again. I love how good-natured it was. And I was reading an analysis mm-hmm. of the show. Again, I'm not giving any spoilers. <clears throat> the analysis of the show was they shouldn't do another season of it. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things that made it so special was this guy, Ronald, was just like a really nice guy. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't a dick. Yeah. And, it, and if the show... If the person they somehow had gotten was just a dick, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <clears throat> and a lot of the the best parts of the show are just about how this guy reacts to these crazy things happening around him. Yeah. So, it was just like, it was a ref- very refreshing bit of television um, and a sea of meanness. So mm. much humor these days. So much TV is just mean, mm. right? And this is was not mean. Yeah, is what I loved about it. So, all right, that was Jury Duty. Um, <clears throat> we started watching um, the marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm-hmm. Do you want to explain what happened with this? Because there was a sure. ma- there was a major debacle that occurred <laughs> sure. with us trying to watch the marvelous Miss Maisel. Sure. Go ahead. So you put it on. And you put it on season five, which is the most recent season. Yeah. And I said, I don't even remember what happened when we stopped watching this show. And there was no recap. And there was no recap. And you were like, oh, we'll just get back into it. And I kept saying, I'm pretty sure we never finished season four. And you were like, no, no, we totally watched it. And but you never checked. Right. So we made we made it. Two and a half episodes into season five. Yeah, can I just explain something to people? Um, sometimes, Jen, when you're watching something, especially if it's a narrative that wants you to fill in the blanks, 
you'll sometimes be like, I don't get what's happening, what's going on. And sometimes I have to be like, this is how the show is structured. They're going to reveal that as the show goes on. Right? That happens sometimes. Whatever. Anyways, what? no, well, I, and I anyway, knew so, we hadn't finished so watching in my mind, season four. In my mind, I thought you were just being like, not filling in the holes. And so like, what happened when we got to the middle of season, I mean, episode three? Well, I turned to you and I said, something is wrong here. <laughs> because I do not understand what's happening. We have to have missed something. <laughs> Like, did we miss an episode? And you're like, we missed a whole season. No, I didn't even realize we missed the whole season. So you finally went back and looked. And we missed the whole season. We missed the whole se- season. Season four. The last one we'd watched was the last episode of season three. Yeah. So we got a sneak peek into season five. Yeah. Some of the storylines and what's going to happen to people. Yeah. That's all right. But anyway, so now we're rewatching The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah. I like that show. Yeah. It's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and then, of course, one of my favorite shows ever, What We Do in the Shadows, is back. Yeah. <laughs> so ridiculous. It's so funny. Guillermo. Come on, Gizmo. <laughs> Come with me. I love him. Laszlo. Yeah, Laszlo. I love how he calls Guillermo Gizmo. It's the best. Um, this show is so ridiculous. Yeah, it's so friggin' funny. I love it so much. It's just it's so... Ah, it's so kooky. It's like, and then it'll be like violent and or like really sexual, like all yeah. of a sudden, like out of the blue. <laughs> like in the middle of like, yeah. what the fuck just happened? Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're watching that. All right. Um, so that's TV. Are we watching anything else with TV? I feel like maybe. We had like a whole list of TV we needed to get yeah. through. All right. Well, we're working on it. All right. So now um, we're going to get to um, the sensation du jour, right? The movie everybody's talking about. Barbenheimer. Barbie. <laughs> Right, so before we talk about specifics about it, we'll do kind of a non-spoiler um, reaction to the movie. Mm-hmm. So just like give your thoughts about it, what without revealing plot points. Yeah, you know your feelings about the movie. I really very much enjoyed this movie. Yeah. So you give it a um... yes. Okay. What did you enjoy about it? Um so many different things yeah it was fun there was music there was dancing there was comedy but it was also like really profound at times and now you went with two of your uh girlfriends Mm -hmm. you let me tag along Mm -hmm. right we went to a 10 30 a.m show Mm -hmm. on a friday Mm -hmm. that was interesting (laughs) and there were people there 10.30 10.30 a.m. dressed yeah. up. I was dressed Dressed up, up like Barbies. Mm-hmm. But there was a woman in our theater who was like in all pink, like she had on like a pleather pink skirt. Oh, I missed her. Yeah, she was up in the back. Mm. Um, but people were like um, dolled um, up for this movie. I know. I was so upset because they didn't have like, usually they have like, you know, some sort of like big giant poster yeah. thing. You can take a picture. 
Yeah, they didn't have our that. theater did not, but other theaters across. It would you know, be cool if the they had area. a box. They did have oh. a box. So my our other friend went to see it at the Regal Cinemas down at MGM. Oh, they had a Barbie and box. And they had a Barbie box. That you could go into? Yeah. Oh. I'm sad. If you want to go down there and, and see it with Space pictures. Unicorn. Oh, yeah. That would be fun. Let's and, do that. Yeah. And when they get back from camp or take mm-hmm. pictures in the box, you could do that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> okay. Is that all you want to say about it in a non-spoiler way? In yeah, a non-spoiler way. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, I really enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I found it to be very entertaining. I thought Margot Robbie was great. Mm-hmm. The absolute perfect person to cast in that role. Um, Ryan Gosling was great, too, as Ken. Um, I enjoyed all of the different barbie dolls Mm -hmm. they had and the actors who portrayed them um it was a really good story Mm -hmm. right um it was really smart it was smart yeah it was very very smart and had a good heart to it too Mm -hmm. right it was never mean Mm -hmm. you know i was talking to you before about how having a tv or entertainment that just isn't outright mean sometimes mm. feels refreshing yeah there's nothing mean or cynical about it yeah which is what i kind of like too yeah um so you recommend it i'm giving it a a huge thumbs up and i recommended it online too mm-hmm. to people um now some people were asking me if it was appropriate for their kids and there was like some sexual jokes in it. Yeah, but they would but go over. They were pretty heads. conceptual. Yeah, there were some kids um, sitting in front of us. Seemed to be about like five or six years old. They did not seem into the movie. No, I mean I don't think they got it. Yeah, there's a lot of things that will go right over. Children's but they sat. Th- but they sat through it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, so our non-spoiler recommendation. Um, is um to go see it right absolutely all right um so let's talk about some spoilers um about the movie and if you haven't seen the movie yet you may want to skip ahead right mm-hmm. a few minutes in the podcast um hey everyone this is brad if you want to skip ahead to our oppenheimer conversation go to One hour, 23 minutes, and 15 seconds. Now, on to Barbie. So, we'll give, we'll wait two seconds here. Let's play the crickets. Let people fast forward. We won't talk too long about it. Yeah. All right. um, All right. So, now we're going to talk spoilers for Barbie. Um, So, one of when I was watching the movie, right? So you have Barbie. Um, you get the, the movie drops us into Barbie Land, mm-hmm. like right away, right? No, it opens with the Space Odyssey. That's irrelevant. It's I mean, not. The, they set up the concept of Barbie and what its purpose was. Well, oh, tell me about it. it. Just that up to that point, most um, little girls had dolls, but they were like dolls that they were mothers to. Okay, that, like they had babies. Okay. And so that Barbie came along and, you know, was supposed to break that for women, that they could be anything that they wanted to be. 
It was an idea. Like okay. Barbie is an idea. So it evolved the idea right. of um, dolls for dolls for little, little girls. girls. Okay, I buy that. Okay, so that's important. that was an important part of the whole movie. Yeah, I get it. I just forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, then it drops you into Barbie land. Then it drops you into Barbie land, and um, there's a whole long sequence and a great song by Lizzo where Barbie's talking about how wonderful you know her world is and how great things are and i'm sitting there watching this then you get introduced to all the other dolls and like the kens i'm sitting there watching this like this does not seem like a good world for ken because all the ken dolls are like totally marginalized and objectified and treated as stupid and they don't do anything except exist um for the purpose of being there for barbie Right, mm-hmm. it's like the flip side of um. It's like a it's like a extremist matriarchy, mm-hmm. right? That's ex- what it really is. It's the reverse of a patriarchy, and 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 I know that's the point, right? right. That's the point that the movie is trying to make. Um, I like watching this um, unfold. And I'm like, wow, um, this movie is really trying to say something here, right? Um, and that point gets hammered home when Barbie starts having issues with understanding her own existence, right? Like there's something happening out in the real world, um, with a woman who, um, and a girl who played with Barbies that's causing Barbie to question her existence. So she has to go travel out to the real world, right? Mm-hmm. And she gets out there, and she's like, oh my god, I'm starting... Well, Ken goes with her. Yeah, Ken goes with her. He sneaks. He Well, he's not supposed to go with her, but he goes with her. Um, So Ken and Barbie go out to the real world. And as soon as Barbie lands in the real world, she starts feeling objectified. She doesn't understand why things don't seem built for her, right? As a Barbie and as a woman, right? Mm -hmm. And she's starting to run up against the patriarchy of society, mm-hmm. right? And Ken, of course, is loving it, right? Because he's been existing in this world where he's been totally objectified and marginalized, right? His his only purpose there is in service of Barbie. Mm-hmm. And so he gets out into the real world. He's absolutely loving it. And he's like, I got to go back and tell all the right. Kens. So he <laughs> brings patriarchy back to Barbie, Barbie land and completely turns um, Barbie land on its head and turns it into a patriarchy. Right. And brainwashes all the Barbies. But it's like so smart because it's so funny. It, yeah. And it's like, it's, they, it's, she just, they, the writers of this movie just yeah. did such a great job of balancing the Greta, message. Gr- I think Greta her name, Gerwig. Greta Gerwig. And Gerwig. Noah Baum. Um, yeah, but so it's a it's a movie in my mind about the dangers of extremist ideologies, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what it is. I mean, um, and about how the institutionalization of any system, right, that marginalizes anybody is bad, right? Like that's really what I what I took from the movie. Yeah, that was part of it. Yes. And then there that was one main message and then there was 
a lot of other stuff too yeah. that was going on too. You want to talk about some of that? Yeah, I was just talking about the expectations that women are faced with in the world and how Barbie um, was created to help like girls I am um, have this idea that they could be anything that they want. And but it was like really this concept of like, you know, men deciding what that would be. I don't know. It was like very, very strange. But um so like the teenager that's in the movie, she hates Barbie because of what, you know, it's done to women, you right. know, to be held up to this standard of like um, there's like this whole like really really astute observation monologue that America Ferrera does in the middle of the movie. She plays the mother of the teen, the one who's playing with Barbie, and it's just yeah. like it's just like you just sit there and you're like it's like all the things that women think that never get really said out loud. I mean, in that kind of very blunt, in your face kind of way. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I don't know if you got that. When you're watching, I mean, that's like what all, no, of course I you did. know, it's just. Of course I did. It was a, it was an incredibly complex movie with multiple messages yes. in it. Yes, and it was right? really well done. But I mean, so I'll just say like, one of the things I have heard in um, what I'll just call extremist feminist ideology mm-hmm is that the world would be so much better if women ran everything. Right. Right? And I think um, Barbie Land, as we first find it, right, in the movie, is a commentary on how any group of people in power can abuse power mm-hmm. and marginalize people. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's what, that, I mean, that's what happened in Barbie Land. Right? Right? And so I, I do think it's saying something about the dangers of power, yeah. right? Of any one group who has power, right? And how incredibly difficult it is to construct a society that um, has processes and structures in place that can value all people mm-hmm. equally. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Anyways, it's a really excellent movie. Go see it. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. You want to talk about? I'm just trying to think. Um, you were bawling in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. What um, what made you cry the most in the movie? Just, uh, I don't know. Talk about it. I don't want to. Why? I don't... <laughs> Well, the scene where the the creator of Barbie mm-hmm. meets Barbie on the park bench really seemed to get to you. Talk to me about that scene I don't, a little bit. Um, Just a little go bit. Go see Barbie and have... No, we're not doing... Come on. No. No. Then we went to go see Oppenheimer. This is perfect music for Oppenheimer. It was long <laughs> and slow burn. Yeah. You didn't like Oppenheimer. Uh, Maybe I would like it if I saw it again. I just, I was lost in all of the storylines and... What lost you um, in the storylines? There's just so much happening, but like really slowly. Yeah, I I think Barbie was a way better movie than Oppenheimer. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. I enjoyed Oppenheimer, 
I've seen a lot of movies and I've seen almost every Christopher Nolan movie and I'm used to the way he structures movies, right? Which is in this non-linear patchwork kind of way usually. Yeah. It's fucking Oppenheimer. I was lost at different points. I told you, like I spent most of the movie thinking Oppenheimer had three love interests Yeah, and when they were only two. two. Part of this could be my facial blindness. I don't know. It just felt... I don't know. I, I did not. I almost walked out in the middle. Did you really? Yeah. Where would you have gone? Nowhere. That's why I stayed. That would have been a very hostile action to take. I don't know. It's just like, I I don't know. I wasn't into it. Maybe we saw it too close to Barbie. And like lots of people are seeing both movies on the same day. And I just like, that's oh, like can't. five hours of, of movie. I can't fucking imagine that. I don't know. I cannot imagine that. I mean, maybe, you know, people are raving about Cillian Murphy's um, performance. I mean, he was great. I mean, all the actors were amazing. I just... Yeah. I didn't really care about Oppenheimer. Like, I never really connected. I don't know. I just... I don't know. Like, usually if you're watching character-driven entertainment yeah. it's like you're invested somewhat i really could care less about well, what he's, he's an interesting character um and it's an interesting story uh, the least interesting parts of it all were the political like intrigue to me yeah and that done the way with all of that then the people who try to destroy him like <sighs> the moral grappling um, that Oppenheimer did and the development of the bomb were very interesting to me. All of that was really, really well done. You know, and I think Opp Oppenheimer's observation, right, that yes, we're, 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 we're going to create this terrible thing, right? But in creating this terrible thing and using it twice, Right? Once to show we have it. The second time to show we're willing to keep using it. In doing that, Oppenheimer said, we're going to end all world wars. And the, the threat of these weapons will be so great in terms of mutually assured destruction that it will end all world war going forward. And he was right so far. Hmm. I mean, there hasn't been a world war three, right? Well, I mean, who was it? Einstein or somebody, some fucking philosopher or physicist said, I, I know what weapons um, world war three will be fought with. World War Four will be fought with sticks and stones, right? Mm -hmm. The idea that World War Three will be fought with nuclear weapons if it happens, right? It's inevitable. Anyways, I mean, so, <clears throat> so that's a great moral conundrum here, right? Eighty years ago, they, you know, almost eighty years ago, they used this awful, horrible weapon to end this war, but, you know, Oppenheimer's prediction was it would end all world wars. Mm -hmm. That seems to have come true. We'll see. I don't know. So what were you going to say about it? I don't know. I'm sorry. Do you want to refer to me as Ken now?
No. I cut you off. No. I, I used the I used the power of my microphone patriarchy mm. to yeah. talk over you. I'm sorry. It wasn't for me. I can't believe you almost walked out of it. I don't know. I just found it really boring. All right, you're yawning. It's 10.30. I think it's time to end this. Mm. It's been an hour and a half. An hour and a half? Yeah, almost. Okay. Isn't talking to me so much fun? So much fun. All right, well, let's recap. We debuted a new technology on our show. Hopefully it's used for good. Mm-hmm. Ask the AI. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, listeners, if you have a question to ask the AI, let us know. You can fill out the contact form on our website. You can send us an email, softservepodcast.com. And um, maybe we'll be back in two weeks. Maybe we won't. I don't fucking know. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. How the fuck should I know? I'm flying by the seat of my pants here. I'm going day by day. All right. Sounds good. Week by week. Okay. I didn't even know if we were going to do this. Yeah. Here we've done it. And I just got to say, like, okay, I'm not mad at anyone who's asking me, but like a few people have reached out and asked to be on the show as guests. I'm just not there yet. I say this with peace and love and compassion and deep appreciation, okay, that anybody wants to come on the show and talk to us. I love you. I really do. But I'm just not there yet. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling like that's where I want to be right now. You don't have to be there. All right. All right. Are you sure? Yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. Well, you wrap it up. All right, Come folks. over here and control the board. Do something. I'm not going to do anything. Except say... Subjugate me. Adios. Marginalize me. Oppress me into ending the show. Go ahead. Bye. Now. Okay, folks. Yeah, Stomping Jen is done. So I better end this before um, all hell breaks loose here in the studio. Uh, thanks for listening. I want to say thank you for reconnecting with us. Um uh, our number of downloads um, is right where it was before we went on our hiatus. So I'm really happy about that. It seems like people are still out there mm-hmm. and we're waiting for us to return. So thank you, um, listeners. So um, appreciate you. That seemed like the right thing to say. Okay. I'm not sure if I mean it, though. All right. It's like I have this dual mind, like this dual hiatus slash... Wanting to do the podcast brain. All right, you're done with me. You want to be really done here. Okay, folks. Um, uh, did you say your thing? Adios. All right, bye now. This world of ours, ever growing smaller must avoid becoming a community of dreadful fear and hate. Those who have freedom will understand also its heavy responsibility. That all who are insensitive to the needs of others will learn charity. And that the sources, scourges of poverty, disease, and ignorance will be made disappear from the earth. And that in the goodness of time, 
all peoples will come to live together in a peace guaranteed by the binding force of mutual respect and love. I shall never cease to do what little I can to help the world advance along that road. 